Welcome to our Midweek Lenten podcast for March 29th. As it happens, it's my birthday today, so if you wish to raise a little prayer of thanks for one more year survived, I won't confess to how many years a little research will tell you that. Our call to worship for this week during Lent is from Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. This week, instead of continuing with gospel stories, I'd like to visit the beginning of the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the then very young church at Rome. Paul wrote to the church there, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I love this passage, not only because it reminds me of the hope that we have in Christ, but it reminds me of a story from a number of years ago. A family was having some great difficulties, and in fact, part of the family was, was being housed in the parsonage with us. We, we kind of took them in for a little bit while some great disruptions in family were settled. And I preached on this passage from Romans about the suffering, endurance, character, and hope. And on Tuesday morning, an 11-year-old girl sitting on her father's knee in our kitchen, drinking some orange juice, said, P.D., now the kids call me Pastor Dave like Uncle Dave, so I was P.D. to the kids of the church. She says, P.D., when do we get to the hope part? And I was right out of the clear blue. 
How many of us remember at the Sunday dinner table what the preacher talked about in church that morning? Rhetorical question, I don't expect an answer. Well, this was Tuesday morning. The preacher wasn't sure what she was talking about when she said, PD, when do we get to the hope part? I said, what do you mean, dear? Well, I get this suffering part. Had enough of building character. When do we get to the hope part? And we had a good discussion about it there over our breakfast in the kitchen while she sat on her dad's knee. And I was wondrously and pleasantly surprised by an 11-year-old girl remembering that much detail from the sermon and plugging it right into exactly where she was in life. I kind of got tired of the phrase, too, because when I was a, a cadet and then later in the Army, anytime somebody said, huh, builds character, it usually meant that we were sweating, bleeding, or otherwise in some kind of pain or frustration, and they claimed that built character. I didn't realize, as a brash young lieutenant, that that was a biblical phrase right from the Apostle Paul. So Paul reminds us that because we have the whole story, we know what Jesus Christ has done for us, us, the ungodly, us who needed to be reconciled with God. And for the sake of that, Jesus Christ gave up his life to reconcile us to God. There's a lot more to the story that little piece of it sounds harsh and cruel, but there's wondrous grace and mercy and love throughout. And that's what we're reminded. We all believe, and I think as we talk to one another, we need to remember as we put in perspective that each one's suffering is, is suffering to that one. Emotional, physical, fiscal, relational mental, all the different ways that we consider we suffer in life. Paul says rejoice in the suffering because they build endurance. They build endurance to put up with a frustration. They build endurance to work on a relationship. They build endurance to put up with, with pain and, and I guess even to, to learn to find growth and and endurance in that, that pain, physical, mental, emotional. And out of that endurance, it produces character. And I'm not sure what Paul meant by character, except perhaps to be, as he says in the next paragraph, a good person. To have the kind of character that has forbearance, the kind of character that has patience, the kind of character that looks to to better the situation instead of simply bellyache about it. I'll, I'll confess that sometimes I'm a classic bellyacher and I really need to, to look toward the character producing hope. Hope that the world can laugh at and say, what are you hoping in? There's nothing there. Hope that says, well, you're in such a miserable state. How can you possibly hope? Paul says hope does not put us to shame. God's love has been poured into our hearts the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus said he would send to be our, our comforter, our guide, our advocate. I love to call the Holy Spirit the wind and fire that, that powers the 
sails in the boiler of the church. I know I'm mixing the types of ship, but anyway, that keep us going in God, if you will, and that Jesus Christ died, not for the sake of those who presented the right offerings, not for the sake of those who could keep the law to every letter, which none of us in our mortal state can do, but that Christ lived, taught, embodied God and humanity in one. That that should give us a, a little stretch of the mind just to try to picture it. And then reconciled us to God with the one offering of himself. As we say at communion, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the world. So that we have great hope in our reconciliation with God, great hope in God's will for us, great hope in that which is to come, that which can be built, that which can be be gained. In our relationship, if we can be reconciled to God, how much more to a brother or a sister, husband or wife, friends and neighbors, brothers and sisters in Christ, God knows our we church members sometimes need to be reconciled with one another. And remember why we're there in church. It is not about church. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ at the center. God loved us before we knew how to love him. And in Jesus Christ, he's loved us, lived with us, taught us, set an example, shown us how to love one another but especially starting by accepting God's love, returning God's love, and overflowing our hearts with that kind of love to the point that we can't help but share it with others, reconcile with others, to have hope in any setting of any kind of suffering. And to share that, as the Apostle Paul did, we know that he confesses to having had some kind of a chronic physical affliction, although he won't dwell on it enough or complain enough to tell us what it is in his writings, we know that he was given some kind of thorn in the flesh, as he called it, to remind him. So even while we're suffering, and just as important, brothers and sisters, if you see someone else suffering, Pray with them and remind them. Encourage them to endurance. Encourage them to the the actions and choices and, and feelings and thoughts of one with good character. And bring them to hope. Bring them to the hope that is alive in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through his birth, life, death, and the resurrection that we're about to celebrate in just a couple of short weeks. In this season of preparation, let us rest peacefully in the assurance that we are justified by faith, not by any works of our own, that we are reconciled to God through Christ's death, and that we look forward to eternal life in the glorious presence of God. Our preparations even our sufferings are readying us through the building of endurance, character, and hope 
to look forward to that glorious time outside of time that we will know in the presence of our Lord. May these blessings grant you comfort during these weeks of Lent, through Holy Week, and in the time beyond. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. I pray that you have found some message from God in this short talk here in the middle of Lent. We hope that you will subscribe to First Word from First Church and that God will continue through the words that we bring from our church to bring them to your heart, to your mind, to lift you up in the life and love of Jesus Christ. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.